Good morning. Welcome to Harvest. Why don't we all stand together and let's worship. Lord, we welcome you here this morning. We thank you that you are with us wherever two or more gather. We dedicate this time to you.
just put a card to pray. Gifts you want to share. Feel free as we worship together. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand, when everything around me shaken, I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus, he never that may 
Well, good morning and welcome back to Harvest Church. You may be wondering two things real quick. Why is Curtis already back and why is he more handsome than he was before? <laughs> well, it's because I'm not Curtis. I am, I'm Berger Wade and this is Jeremy. He is our uh, student ministries mm -hmm. yep. leader. That's what I do. Yeah. And, and, and a few other things. A few other things. Yeah. But yeah, well, welcome here. Um, so this is Family Sunday, and uh, we just, yeah, we value that our church is multi-generational. We, we, I love looking out and seeing uh, the young young kids as well as older folks, it's, and just everyone in between. It, it's, we really value that our church has this kind of broad spectrum. So um, Family Sunday, we celebrate that. The fourth Sunday we, we, uh, of each month, we celebrate that by donuts. We've got donuts out there, but we also ask that the kids remain in service first grade enough. So... If, uh, this, if, if your little kids are a little loud, it's okay. I have great memories of bothering my parents uh, in church as well um, and being a nuisance. But you know what? Those are fond memories that I hold on to of getting to worship with my parents and seeing them worship. So uh, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a great thing. So we celebrate that today for, with Family Sunday. And there is donuts out there as well as coffee. Not for the kids. Kids, kids probably shouldn't have the coffee. But they can have donuts, right? Yeah, they can have the donuts. Okay. So we also have life groups starting up. So we've got our men's, women's, uh, home groups, uh, couples, and we also have a college group, just in case you want to see more of me. <laughs> and you're in college. Um, Does anybody? So, <laughs> I do, Brother. Oh, thank you. But we've got all that information on our wonderful info center. You can pick up any flyers. You can sign up for life groups back there. And it's just a really great resource to have. Yeah. And then lastly, um, as far as announcements go, we, um, we 
encourage the men in our church to every month go to M6. That's our men's monthly gathering uh, out at Thousand Hills Ranch. Uh, this year, this this month, September, the month of September is going to be a little different. It's actually MW6, and that is because the men are supposed to bring their wives. Uh, and it's also it's a it's a, a fundraising event for M6 as well as um, 17 Strong. So that's going to be September 12th. Uh, out at the ranch, and that's uh, from 6 to 7.30. And it's a fundraiser, so it's $150 a couple, but it's a great time of worship, testimony, uh, and just great, delicious food. I mean, if the, if the food for the men is good, I'm just, I think it's going to be the next level. So there's that. Uh, and then finally, this is, um, we want to take this day, we're partnering with Mothers in Prayer, and we, this is Bless Our School Sunday. So uh, we want to emphasize that there's this amazing uh, international ministry that, that, that happens at our church as well. It's called Mothers in Prayer, and that's partnering women together, mothers who pray over their kids, pray over the schools. Uh, there's lots of different ways to do that. So Shannon Kessler has been leading that for almost 14 years now, and she's back at the Info Center. Would love to give you more details on Mothers in Prayer. Um, but also, we just want to bless our school. So what I want to do now before we go to our meet and greet time, is if you are a school teacher, uh, if you are work at school, you're part of the admin staff, any, anything having to do, and also students and graduates, we want you to stand up so we can pray for you this morning. Can you do that now? And that includes, that includes homeschool parents as well. So please stand up. Awesome. Students, yeah, good. Let me some students. Breaker's already standing. Yeah. Yeah. So let me pray. Let me pray over you right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for what these um, what is what is what the, the people that are standing, Lord, this morning, signifying that they're they're part of the education system of educating the next generation, Lord God. Whether they're part of the educators or being educated themselves, Lord. We we know that the schools can be difficult, Lord, and so we just pray your blessing over the teachers as they lean on you, as they lead and guide these children, and, and, and um, just they're a light into, into those classrooms, Lord. And pray for the, the homeschool parents as well, Lord. It's a difficult job, Lord, and so we just bless those moms and dads who are, who are partaking in that, Lord. And we thank you for the students, Lord, that are being missionaries out in their schools, whether it's on the college campuses or in the high schools or elementary schools, Lord. We just pray that they would be a light to their students and a light to the teachers that are there, Lord. So we thank you, Lord. We pray just your, your blessing over the schools and our school district, Lord. God bless them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So uh, why don't you take us a minute to meet and greet somebody around you. Um, it's a good time to kind of find some empty chairs and squeeze in. God bless you guys.
Hey, good morning. All right, good morning, welcome. Am I on? I should be on, I think I'm on. Okay, how, hey, uh, real quick, real quick, how many understand the uh, purpose of meet and greet? How many understand the purpose of meet and greet? All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bust some of y'all. So I'm walking around and I'm noticing some of you are glued to your chairs. You're like, I'm not getting up. I'm not crossing the aisle. I'm not meeting nobody today. And that's not what meet and greet's all about. So we're doing it again. <laughs> it's a do-over. <laughs> so the rule, you gotta peel the glue off your backside Stand up and go meet somebody that you've never, ever met before. That means you got to get out of your aisle, your row, one side of the building to the other. Go. That is a meet and greet right there. The obvious answer to this question is, how many, who met somebody that they've never ever met before? Very nice, there we go, that's the meet and greet, there we go. So that's the standard by which all future meet and greets will be judged. <laughs> so welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, it's good to be back, appreciate uh, all the love and just the support, the prayers. Uh, so a couple weeks ago, during first service I preached, during second service I went to the ER and uh, anyway, just stuff was going on. So I'll give you kind of an update. It's really all kind of dumb and mysterious. Like, you know, nobody's got real good answers, which is always frustrating. I saw Levi up here with a broke, or Jack with a broken arm and you're like, you can explain that you've got a broken arm, right? Like I got a cast, it's obvious that what's going on. I, these things that happen to me are just weird, strange and undescribable. So, <laughs> so finally after like, I don't know, we spent the night in the hospital and um, next morning like six doctors come in and just start talking to me about stuff. and. And uh, finally, a guy said, hey, we think there's something going on with your vagus nerve. And uh, vagus nerve, like, 
controls all of your vital organs. And look it up. It's interesting. I'd never, never heard of a vagus nerve until they told me mine's ain't working. So then I checked it out and uh, I need to go to Vegas. Yeah, that's not the first time I've heard that joke. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that yeah, all the time. So then I go to my general, you know, doctor, Dr. Uh, what's his name? Fuini. Thank you very much. Been my doctor for 20 years, probably. I don't know. Anyway, Dr. Sweeney said, hey, I'm not sure it's your vagus nerve. So I'm, think, I'm thinking, thanks, doc. I had an answer, and now I have no answer. So anyway, Dr. Sweeney is going to be doing some more work. I'm going to be meeting with him in a couple weeks again, and we'll just see what happens. I don't know. So what happens basically is I, uh, blood, blood pressure drops, my heart rate drops. Um, I feel tingling in my extremities. Um, don't Google all this stuff because you'll, you'll just get run on, you know, I'll get all these emails. We think it's, <laughs> have you tried? <laughs> and uh, I appreciate all that, but it's just, it's, we got good people working on it and we'll see what happens. So anyway, you just kind of feel lightheaded. My, my heart rate drops into the 30s and then goes way high and it's just kind of weird stuff. So I don't know what's going on. I just know that when I'm feeling it coming on, I just have to rest, hydrate and take care of myself. And so that's what I'm going to do. I don't know how often it'll come around, but in the meantime, I'm just going to, we've all got stuff, right? <laughs> We're all dealing with something in our physical bodies. These old tents get a little tattered over a, a lifetime, and we just need to, you know, patch them up from time to time and just wait for the, the new tent that's coming, this new, new body that, boy, uh, boy, the older you get, the more you're looking for, <laughs> you're like... Bring it, Jesus. Yeah, so anyway, it's, it's coming. Um, so that's my health, health update. Uh, continue to just pray that the doctors get some clarity about things, and maybe there's medication, maybe there's a lifestyle change. I don't know, but there's something going on. My heart, my desire is just to keep doing what I'm doing for until death do us part. I mean, that's my heart and my desire just to be here, loving people, serving Jesus, teaching the word. What's going on with my mic? Pull it away. So at some point your beard gets a little long. So you wake up and you don't just have bed head, but you got beard head as well. Beard head, yeah, beard bed, bed beard. That's what it is, bed beard. So anyway, so now they're, whatever. <sighs> I appreciate it. So I'm going to let my beard grow long. I, I saw a buddy of mine. We were at a wedding last night. This is all part of the message, by the way. And uh, it was like old home week. I, we were at a wedding with friends that we have known for decades. And uh, I, I was thinking about it this morning. I think it's going to be like heaven because you, you gather for a celebration and you get to see people that you haven't seen for so long. And you get to love on people and just enjoy conversation, getting caught up. And there was this couple there, uh, Jack and Luana Hurleyhe, who have been so good to me my whole life. And... Uh, Jack was officiating his granddaughter's wedding, and we were there, and I got to just love on them and just tell them how much I appreciate them and how much I just honor them for their influence in my life, their grace, on my, just the blessing, and, and, uh, and it was just really sweet. I think, I think heaven's going to be a lot of that. We're going to have a reunion where we're just able to just speak and love on each other, and uh, it was quite a celebration, which heaven will be quite a celebration. So that was last night. The week, last week, we were uh, doing my son's wedding. Curtis got married, and Clark got married, and uh, it's a man and a woman, Curtis and Clark. 
you got to be clear about these things in this 21st century. There was Curtis married to a woman named Clark, and uh, so we had that amazing celebration. We had them married out at um, our property, and uh, where we married our other, our oldest daughter, 10 years ago, and then six months ago, these two got hitched, and so it's been a wedding season, a wedding celebration, and it's just been really, really fun and good. And so before we get to the title of the message that ties into all of that, do you guys want to hear a, a joke? <laughs> it's family Sunday after all. So <laughs> do you want to hear a joke about a piece of paper? No, you really don't. It's terrible. It's terrible. T-E-A-R-able. Ter it's a terrible joke about paper. It's terrible. When you got to explain it, what did the clock do when it was hungry? It went back four seconds. Four clock, four seconds. <laughs> clock was hungry, went back four seconds. Is that working? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, we titled the message today, Let the Celebration Begin. Let the Celebration Begin. We're in 1 Peter chapter 1, and it's just going to be really good. So in light of all of the celebrating that we've been doing around in our family, and we just sent off family that were here from back east, uh, just Georgia and uh, South Carolina and North Carolina, and my wife and I argue about this. We think our I think my nephew's from... New Mexico, she thinks he's from South Carolina now. He's in the Air Force, and I'm right. <laughs> I'm not? Leslie, you, you agree? Stevie, where does Jake live right now? South Carolina. Hmm. He is so polite. Jake, my nephew, he's captain in the Air Force, by the way. I'm very proud of that little guy. Little guy, he's a captain in the Air Force, and he's a little guy to me. But I'm talking about his home in New Mexico, and he never corrects me. He's been out of New Mexico for a year, my wife tells me. So anyway, so lots of celebration. And uh, we, you know, we know how to celebrate people and events. We know how to celebrate big things that are happening in our lives and in the world. We're a, we're, we're a culture that loves to celebrate. So at weddings, we're eating great food, we're laughing, we're dancing, we're doing all kinds of things that allow that celebration to really take shape. And uh, so as we think about the word of God and what God is teaching us in 1 Peter, we've got lots and lots to celebrate. We've got lots to celebrate. So we're going to be taking a look at that today. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses, 19 through, or verses 9 through 25, it says, the reward for trusting him. Who are we talking about? Jesus the reward for trusting Jesus will be the salvation of your souls. <laughs> Salva I mean, you think about the other end of that, and you're, you can get pretty excited about the salvation of your souls. Verse 10, the salvation was something even the prophets, even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about this grace, gracious salvation prepared for you. So the prophets of old that wrote about this great salvation. They wrote hundreds of years ahead of time. God gives them a revelation about the salvation of God made available to the people in the earth. And they were, they were curious about it. They, they wanted to know more about it. They wondered, verse 11, what time or a situation the spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he told them 
in advance about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterwards. So God, because he is good and faithful, he revealed to the prophets hundreds of years ahead of time his plan of salvation for humanity to prepare us, to prepare humanity, God speaks and he communicates, hey, this is what's coming. The prophets were intrigued and interested, maybe even probably even perplexed about how and when these events would unfold. The message of salvation through Christ the Lord reminds us, it reminds us that the Old Testament is tied directly to the New Testament. In fact, the New Testament is the the fulfillment of the Old Testament. So as you're reading the Old Testament, you'll begin to see the connection. You'll be, begin to see how it is tied together, how the New Testament fulfills what God wrote in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is speaking about and describing the same God in plan. Some would say, oh, the Old Testament God is different than the New Testament God. That's just not true. We just need to understand who God is in the perplexity of who he is, in the just grandness of who he is, the Old Testament is speaking about the same God, the same plan of salvation that is being discussed in the New Testament. In fact, there are at least 855 times in the New Testament where the writer is quoting or alluding to the Old Testament, at least 855 times, as many as 900 times. There's only four books in the Old Testament that aren't quoted or alluded to in the New Testament. So Obadiah, how many have read Obadiah lately? Good, wonderful. Nahum, Zephaniah, and Esther. So those are the four Old Testament books that aren't quoted or alluded to in the New Testament. How many Old Testament books are there? There's 39, 39 Old Testament books. So that means 35 of the Old Testament books out of 39 were quoted or alluded to in the New Testament. So the New Testament is filled with information and revelation and connecting, uh, connecting truth that make the Word of God, Old and New Testament, the 66 books of the Bible, begin to make it very, very clear. So verse 12, they, the prophets, were told that their messages were not for themselves, but, but for you. <laughs> and now this good news has been announced to you by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It's also, so, it's also wonderful that even the angels, <laughs> so we talked about the prophets, intrigued, interested, perplexed about what is going on and when things would unfold. But now the angels are being called in uh, into the text here. And I'll just read it again. They, the prophets, were told that their messages were not for themselves, but for you. And now this good news has been announced to you by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit from heaven, sent from heaven. It's also so wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. Isn't that interesting? The angels, these powerful Servants of God, these powerful ministers, these ministering angels are curious. They're looking on, they're watching. I mean, this is such good news, such soup. We're talking about the salvation of God, such good news, supernatural news, profoundly important news that God's angels are eagerly watching these things happen. So some of these, these things that we sometimes are just kind of 
haphazard, kind of half-hearted about. Ah, it's kind of old news. I've been saved for so many years. The angels of God are eagerly watching. The prophets of old, Isaiah, Jeremiah, these prophets of old, they were writing about this time and this place that we're enjoying and experiencing now, and they were intrigued and perplexed and curious about what God was going to do. Now we get to live in that, and the angels get to watch as God's plan unfolds in the universe. Let the celebration begin, amen? We've got some stuff to celebrate. Man, if we, if we can't read what God is doing Reading what God is, uh, read about what God is doing in the Bible and think about what God is doing in our lives and in this crazy culture that we live in. Boy, there's something wrong. We need to ask the Lord to stir us up again. We need to renew our vigor for the Lord, find uh, new joy in Jesus and begin to walk that out. How do we celebrate? Number one, we rejoice over the things that heaven rejoices over. This is important. We need to rejoice over the things that heaven rejoices over. Do you remember the parable of the lost coin in Luke 15, verses 8 through 10? It says this, or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God, uh, in the presence of God's angels when one sinner repents. Isn't that sweet? So when you repented, the heavens rejoiced. There's a celebration when even one sinner, sinner repents. There's a celebration rejoicing by the angels of God because they've been waiting, they've been watching, they've been, they've been paying attention to what's going on in the earth, and they, so they erupt with celebration. There's joy in the presence of God, angels, when even one sinner repents. I, this is why when we do baptisms and we are at the beach or in some body of water and people get baptized when they come out, we, are, we just erupt with celebration because it's an indication that a life has been changed. It's a death to the old life and resurrection of the new. It's a powerful thing. There's something within us as believers that just wants to celebrate that. Even when we watch videos of what unfolds at these baptisms, we just can't help but celebrate. We rejoice. We rejoice over the things that heaven rejoices over. I'm going to be teaching through Revelation here in a few more months. People keep bugging me about it. We're going to get there. There's a process to teaching through the New Testament, and you got to do one book after the other. But I'll give you a little taste in Revelation chapter 4 and parts of 5. Revelation 1, it's this introduction John, the apostle, he's exiled to the island of Patmos. Uh, maybe he's feeling like maybe God's done with me, but God's never done with us as long as we've got a pulse. My pulse is banging right now. You got a pulse? Feel it. Go ahead. Wow. My doctor told me to get one of those Apple watches because it tells me my heart rate and that sort of thing. But, so I told my wife I got to get a new watch doctor's orders. 
<laughs> Doctor's orders. She just, she puts up with me. Thank you, Lord. This is what uh, Revelation says in ver chapter 1, verse 3. God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church. So I'm going to get a blessing for reading the words of this prophecy to you. I'll take it. Also, he blesses all who listen to its message and obey what it says for the time is near. So you get a blessing when you listen and obey and pay attention for the time is near, the time of the end, the time of the, the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's coming. And so as you get past chapters 2 and 3 and uh, with the, the messages to the seven churches, you get into chapter 4 and we get a vision of heaven. So if we're going to rejoice over what heaven rejoices over what's happening there. So John gets a vision. He gets a, a picture. God is so good to give John a vision. And, and God tells him to write it down so that we can read and understand what God is up to in the earth. This is what he wrote, chapter 4. Then I, as I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven, and the same voice I had heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. The voice said, come up here and I will show you what must happen after this. And instantly I was in the spirits and I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. The one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstones, like a jasper and carnelian. And the glow of an emerald circled his throne like a rainbow. Hey, Genesis to Revelation, God owns the rainbow. Amen. God owns the rainbow. Let's take it back, right? 24 thrones surrounded him and 24 elders sat on them. They were all clothed in white and had gold crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning and the rumble of thunder. And in front of the throne were seven torches with burning flames. This is the sevenfold spirit of God. In front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass, sparkling like crystal. In the center and around the throne were four living beings, each covered with eyes, front and back. They're, the first of these living beings was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third like a, had a human face. And the fourth was like an eagle in flight. Each of these living beings had six wings, and the wings were covered all over with eyes inside and out. And day after day and night after night, they keep on saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord, the God, the Lord God, the Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. This is what's happening in heaven. Whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, and they lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy. <laughs> you are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and they exist because you created what you pleased. I'm not going to read all of chapter 5, but I just want to jump to a point here. Verse 9, chapter 5, and they sang a new song with these words. You are worthy to take the scroll. We'll unpack all of that at a latter time. You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it, for you were slaughtered, 
and your blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked again, and I heard the voices of, get this, thousands and millions of angels. How many is that? More than you can count. Thousands and millions of angels around the throne and of the living beings and the elders. And they sang in a mighty chorus. Can you imagine the noise? But it's not going to hurt our ears. It's not going to be unsettling in our hearts and minds and souls. It's going to be soothing and powerful and life-changing. Worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessings. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea, they sang blessing Blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne, to the Lamb forever and ever. And the four living beings said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped the Lamb. <laughs> Listen, this is just a warm up for the things to come. When we worship on Sunday morning or singing, boy, that time of pause this morning wasn't that just the sweetest thing? I thought, man, this could go on the rest of the service and we'd be okay. We, we, we would have had church, right? It was just a sweet Selah moment. So often we don't get those moments in our day, our week, our month, our year. We just don't slow down and allow the Spirit of God to minister to us. I tell you what, if you slow down, if we will slow down and let the Spirit of God minister to us, we will have greater strength, greater clarity, greater capacity, greater ability to do, to do the supernatural and wonderful things that God has called us to do, to live the way that God has called us to live. But we got to take a moment, a Selah moment where we're just sitting before the king and we're just acknowledging his lordship, his goodness. We're rejoicing over the things that the heavens are rejoicing. It's a, it's a, it's a celebration. You can have your own personal revival <laughs> when you're doing that. You, you will have a revival that just doesn't just impact you, but will impact your friends and your family. And people are going to be like, what is going on with you? You've got joy and peace, and you just got this fullness about you that's just beautiful. It comes from those moments of just intimacy with the creator of heaven and earth, where we just stop and wait, praise and thank, applauding his goodness in our lives. We can get our minds in all kinds of the negative stuff. Don't let yourself go there. Just in the midst of the storm, say, thank you, Lord. Lord, for whatever you're doing, for whatever you're going to teach me, thank you. As I was talking to my friends, Jack and the Wanner Hurley, he, we had a rough patch 20 years ago. And they said, you know, we've almost always been a blessing to you, but there was that, and I knew what they were alluding to. I said, you know what? It was like a dip in the road. It's not important. But we can make those dips in the road 
They can, we can allow them to derail us for all the days of our lives. Instead, <laughs> by God's grace, we can let it go. Be free in Jesus' name from all of that baggage, all of the stuff that we're holding on to. Just let it go. And boy, so we hugged and loved on each other because it, for tw like 20 years, it's been just a little bit uncertain how we feel about each other. But when I got a chance to grab hold of them and love on them and just tell them how good and what a blessing they've been to me, Luana said, man, that really, that really touches my heart. And uh, I'm like, me too. <laughs> and God wants to do wonderful things within our lives, within the body of Christ, things that will unite us, bring us back together. But we got to let God do what God wants to do. We can say all kinds of stuff, but we can say, but God, but God is capable. He's gracious to give me the strength to do so that we can celebrate what God is doing. It's hard to celebrate what God is doing if we're bound up with all kinds of unforgiveness and resentment or sin or anything like that. It's hard to celebrate because we're distracted and hindered and double-minded and doing other stuff that just kind of mess with us. Let the celebration begin. How do we celebrate? Rejoice over the things that heaven rejoices over. If you're having a hard time doing that, just get in the word and ask the Lord, I need help rejoicing over the things that you rejoice over, that heaven rejoices over. And then number two, be ready to spring into action for God. And this, these things go hand in hand. When you rejoice over the things that God rejoices over, that heaven rejoices over, you're ready. It's like you're primed. You, you want to do what God has called you to do. You're just, you just got this hunger and this thirst and this desire to please the Lord and to honor the Lord. And so they go hand in hand. You really can't have one without the other. You say, I'm kind of ready, but I'm not sure. There's a call to holy living in verses that follow, in the verses that follow. follow. Verse 13 says, so prepare your minds for action. <laughs> James said, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. So we've got faith. What does God want us to do with that? Get busy, springing in to action. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. The expositor's Bible commentary says this about preparing your mind for action. This is what it says. It presents the figure of a man gathering the folds of his long garments and tucking it into his belt so that he can run, move freely and quickly doing what God has called them to do. We're, in, we're encumbered by too many things. So when God tells us to spring into action, we gotta get unencumbered. We gotta grab up our garments and tuck them in our belt and be ready to go. What's encumbering you? What's keeping you from springing into action? There's probably things that are encumbering you and keeping you from springing into action. God wants to set you free from that. Part of that is just letting you, kind of bringing awareness to your life. This thing is hindering you. You can't spring into action as long as this thing is attached to your life. Got to get rid of it. Remember in 1 Kings 18, 46, then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. We've read this, right? The Lord gave, we need to hear that. The Lord gave special strength to Elijah. So when God calls us to spring into action, it is not in our own ability and strength God gives us 
special strength. He tucked his cloak. Get it, the same picture, right? He tucked his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. So he grabs his clothes and tucks them in and he runs supernaturally so, and this is part of God's plan and his desire. We see the same thing in Jeremiah 1, 17, where it says, the Lord told Jeremiah, get up, get up, prepare for action. <laughs> we serve the same God in the New Testament that we did in the Old Testament. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's eternal. This, his, it's his message. Get saved, get sanctified, get filled with God and go. Get up and prepare for action. Go out and tell them everything I tell you to say. Do not be afraid of them or I will make you look foolish. I love the next two verses. I love the next two verses. I love that verse. I love all the verses. <laughs> verse 18, for see today, I have made you strong like a fortified city that cannot be captured. So we, we look at ourselves, take a personal inventory, and you say, I, I can't spring into action because I've got nothing to offer. Good. Got nothing to offer? You're right. You got nothing to offer. But God, but God, he's got... Plenty to do, plenty to offer, plenty to offer, but God. Part of the backstory with Jack and Luana is just the transition out of my old church into this church, and they had watched me grow up, you know, since I'm, you know, just 14 years old, watched me grow up. Yeah, a lot of you have watched me grow up, right? Colleen was working at our wedding, and putting things together. We, went, we honeymooned at your cabin up in Tahoe, right? Remember that? Yeah. And so when you see somebody grow up, you just, you're just you not sure about what God wants to do with their lives, right? And so there was some of that. And so we talked last night, and they said, look what God has done, right? In their lives, in our lives, it was a tif difficult season, but what the enemy intended for evil, God intended for good. <laughs> so don't let your... Many, many flaws hold you back because we all have many, many flaws, but, but God. For see, today I have made you strong like a fortified city that cannot be captured like an iron pillar or a bronze wall. You will stand against the whole land, the kings, officials, priests, and people of Judah. They will fight you, but they will fail. <laughs> not because you're good, but because God is good. Not because you're strong in your own strength, but because God is strong on your behalf. We, God is calling us to spring into action. Hmm. They will fight you, but they will fail. For I am with you, and I will take care of you. Let's get that internalized a little bit. I'm with you. And I will take care of you, God says. <laughs> Spring into action. Spring. I, the Lord, have spoken. Let the celebration begin. How do we celebrate? We need to rejoice over the things that heaven rejoices over and then be ready to spring into action for God. And then, number three, we need to live like we belong to God. <laughs> we are, according to John 3, 3, born again, 
born again creation, new creation, a new creature in Christ Jesus. So we need to begin to live as born again, spirit-filled believers in the Lord Jesus Christ and watch, watch what he will do. We need to live like we belong to God. What does that look like? Well, I, I'm so grateful for the word because it always helps us with information that we need and revelation. So you must live, verse 14, as God's obedient children. Don't, don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. Like in your BC days, you didn't know any better. And so you lived like a child of the devil. But now, now who do you belong to? You belong to the king, the king of all kings. <laughs> Abba Father, the God of creation. That's who you belong to. So now, verse 15, now you must be holy. And everything you do, hmm, everything you do, how do you do anything that God asks you to do? Filled with the spirit of God, powered by the word of God. The clarity that comes from the word and the spirit and the strength that comes from, from what God provides for us allows us. I've been reading in Leviticus. <laughs> Love Leviticus. In there over and over again, God is telling the people of Israel, you must be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Holy above reproach. We will never be perfect in our own ability, but our goal, Lord, I want to, in every word, thought, and deed, I want to live above reproach. So we laid hands on Joe a few weeks ago. I challenged him, Joe, because we, we gave him, we, we licensed him. We recognized his role as a leader in the community and as a leader in the church. And we said, man, you have to, by God's grace, live differently. But that's not just true for Joe and for guys like me. It's true for every one of us. The people of God, God has said, be holy. Because the Lord your God is holy. Be holy. In everything, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say you must be holy because I am holy. So the writer is speaking about what is written in Leviticus and other parts of the Old Testament. So an example of a writer in the New Testament, Peter, referencing, quoting, alluding to truth in the Old Testament. They go hand in hand. They're incomplete on their own. You must be holy because I am holy. And remember that the Heavenly Father, to whom you pray, he has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary citizens. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, for we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. This is not a, a judgment about salvation. This is a judgment of your lives. As believers and followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, your life will be judged. And you will receive rewards or not based on the way you live your life. Faith without works 
is dead. I don't think you can have faith without works. Because if you've got faith without works, it means that your faith is dead probably as well. Because out of the abundance of what God is doing in your life, you must step up. You must live differently. You must point people to Jesus. It's not optional. It's your permanent calling and vocation to point people to Jesus. A couple Sundays ago, I was before when I had to go to the hospital. Did I already say this? I don't think I did, but I have my I Love Jesus socks on. Mike and Linda Herbert gave me those socks, and I, I told them I was wearing them, and we were in a prayer meeting before the service started, and Mike was in there, and I showed him my I Love Jesus socks. I said, Mike, I don't like to wear these on Sunday morning because we, I, you don't need to see my I Love Jesus socks. I want to wear my I Love Jesus socks in the marketplace so that people, but for whatever reason, I put on my I Love Jesus socks for Sunday morning. So I get to the hospital, and what do I have on? They take my shoes off, and I got my red and black I Love Jesus socks sticking out of my, my pant legs. And so I'm thinking, this is why I've got my I Love Jesus socks on, because somebody needs to know about Jesus. And so, so many people commented about my I Love Jesus socks. They're like, like we had a room full of doctors, and they all comment, hey, nice socks. We like your socks. <laughs> I got to share with them how much I love Jesus. <laughs> this is what we're here to do. This is why I don't wear my I love Jesus socks to church because I, don't, I know you know I love Jesus. I want people at the coffee shop to know, the people at Marion ER to know, I love Jesus. He's my king. He's my savior. He's my redeemer. He's the one that <sighs> he has radically wrecked me and changed my life forever and ever. Amen. Verse 18, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. Did you catch it? It's not paid with mere gold and silver, which lose their value. Anybody notice we're in like a little bit of a dip, a little bit of a recession, maybe a big recession coming? <laughs> your gold and silver, they're going to lose their value. Anything that you're holding on to in this life is losing value by the moment. <laughs> Don't make that stuff your God. You will be very sad that you did. <laughs> Do not make the stuff that you got your God. Make Jesus your God. He never loses value. I've been... 53 years of, you know, market swings and all kinds of things in my life. And I, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom, my ransom, long before the world began. began. But now in these last days, he has been revealed for your sake. God has a plan for your life. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Yes. Ephesians tells us in chapter 1, verses 4 through 8, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us 
into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. <laughs> so Jesus didn't come reluctantly. He didn't give his life reluctantly. He said, for the joy set before me, I will endure the cross. For the joy set before me, I will endure the cross. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Wrapping up 1 Peter 1.21, through Christ, you have come to trust in God. And you place your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. You were, <clears throat> you were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your hearts. Part of loving people deeply is just giving them Jesus, giving them the truth of the gospel. Because without Jesus, they, they die and they suffer judgment. They, they go to hell. They go to hell. It's not popular to talk about hell, but that's, it's not popular because the enemy doesn't want to talk about hell. But that's the result. We get a choice in Christ. Will we welcome his grace? So we got to live like we belong to God. I think we're confused and perplexed sometimes. We like live like we're living like we belong to the world and the world system. We don't belong to the world or to the world system. We belong to God. And so we need to let the word of God and the spirit of God frame our lives and our decisions and point us in the right direction. The world won't get you that. So you live like you belong to God. This is what we've read so far. Show sincere love to each other. This is what it means to live like you belong to God. Show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your hearts. Mm. You can't do this stuff in your own strength. In your own strength, you want to slap your neighbor, right? I, in my own strength, I want to slap my neighbor sometimes. Like, turn your music down, right? I guess I'm alone. Live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back. This is what we've read so far. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you. Is holy. Why, why live like this? Verse 23, for you've been born again. <sighs> but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. As the scriptures say, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And that word is the good news that was preached to you. So let the celebration begin. Seriously, we need to rejoice in the things that heaven rejoices over. We need to be ready to spring into action and live like people who belong to God. With that, I would like to invite the worship team up, and we're going to sing, and uh, we're going to celebrate.
And we're going to give God every part of us in Jesus' name. So, Lord, we thank you. As we stand up, go ahead and stand up. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy. Lord, we love you. We bless you. We praise you. We thank you, Lord, for who you are and for what you're going to do. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that it wrecks us in the best possible way. We love you. Let's worship now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for your holiness. Thank you for your presence. You never leave us. You do not forsake us. So this morning we give you our worship. We give you our praise. Have your way in our 